The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have had nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. This is the Gospel of the Lord. There's a big market for self-help books now, and there has been for a while. Many of you have probably heard of Dave Ramsey. He's made a lot of money by helping people learn how to save money and be better with their money. And if you want to really boil down his whole shtick to one sentence, it's spend less than you make. Some of you have probably heard of Jordan Peterson, another fellow who's kind of big, and his big line that everybody latches onto, what we hated our parents for when we were 12, people now pay him money to talk about, clean your room. Telling all these young kids that have grown up not knowing how to function in life, well, it starts by taking care of the things that are inside of your sphere. Well, yesterday's common sense, what everybody seemed to know and take for granted, is now five secrets to success. And you can make a lot of money marketing that in books and talks and the like. Um, I'm kind of on a common sense kick here. The world and the church have a lot of common sense that is in common, don't we? You play with fire and you're going to get burned. Everybody knows that's true. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You don't need to know, believe in, and love Jesus Christ to understand that, that is good common sense, good wisdom to live by. The shared inheritance of all of Adam's children, you, me, and everybody else in the world, is this. We have logic. We have lessons that we learn from life's experiences and the collective wisdom that goes along with that. But one particular instance that is unique to the church is this. It's a doctrine, but it's not just a doctrine, a teaching from the Bible. It's something that should be obvious. It is something that is very sensible. It is that God takes care of his people. Or more specifically, Jesus will always take care of those who follow him. You might have heard the proverb before, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. We all know that hard work usually produces returns, doesn't it? And laziness likewise creates poverty. You will reap what you sow. My dad had this line, and again, I didn't like it when I was younger, but I'll probably throw it at my kids when they get older. Lack of planning and poor organization on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. That was the line. If I didn't prep for something, it wasn't up to him to come in and fix my mess. Well, that instance, though, is also not just going to create an emergency that you're trying to shove off on somebody else. It's going to put you in a pickle if you don't do the proper preparation. 
And that's where we find the multitude in today's gospel. They're out in the wilderness, and like the feeding of the 5,000, they are there without any food. They didn't think through their situation well enough beforehand, did they? But it was what it was, right? Didn't matter what should have been or could have been. They were in that situation. Now what? And it's not like Yankee Stadium or, for a few of you, Minute Maid Park vendors. It wasn't that they had a limited and expensive set of options for what they were going to eat. They had no options, no possibility again. A common sense, right, says, should have prepared. Your lack of preparation, your lack of foresight, not someone else's problem, that's your problem. You shouldn't have gone out at all. You should have packed a lunch. You should have at least done something. But in the face of the predicament that they were in, in the face of their actual circumstances, is there anything to say but serves you right? <laughs> not, your pro not my problem, your problem. Well, yes, there is something to say but serves you right, and Jesus is the one that says it. In fact, he's the one that does it. Common sense says God will take care of his people. So if Jesus Christ who they followed out there to listen to is truly God, it's going to be okay. It's a common sense position for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you know the Bible, if you know Bible history of God and his people, this isn't the first time, not just talking about the feeding of the 5,000, but this isn't the first time in Israel's history that they've been out in the wilderness having no food and the Lord is the one that provides for them. Manna and quail after the Exodus. And moreover, God had demonstrated time and again, he will vindicate his name, he will guard and keep his people. So it's reasonable to believe that a group of Jesus followers in the wilderness, regardless of the circumstances, they're not going to lack bread. They're not going to have continued, sustained want. Now that's not an excuse, right, for us or anybody else to read this and say, I don't have to plan in life. I don't have to go through any effort to look towards the future to make sure everything is lined up the way that it needs to be. We should not be lazy. We should not, because we are Christians, put aside forethought and preparation. We should not do nothing and then say, kind of smugly, well, God will just sort it all out, right? I'm one of his people and that's just what he does. That's not the lesson here. And if they were, think about it, all of us should then go out and try and walk on water this afternoon, right? All of us, if we're going to have a party, should not buy any wine or anything, but just get six large jars of water. It'll work out. No. But what is the lesson here is this. Those who follow Jesus will lack no necessity. The people followed Jesus, didn't they? They were hanging on his words, on his teaching. They desired his healing power and the truth that he spoke. So they followed them, followed him into the wilderness and found themselves in great need as a result. And what happened? God came through for them. He had their back. He fed them with what they needed and he did it generously. The Lord took care of their real needs that came due to their following him. And dear friends, that's the lesson today. He's going to provide for us too. We are just like the 4,000. We are just like them in all the ways that actually count. 
We are thirsting for God's truth. We are following Jesus Christ. We might not go out into the actual desert, the physical desert after him, but we are called to figuratively. That is, as we said in the Alleluia verse, he has the words to eternal life. And so we follow him wherever he goes, comfortable or not. Not just in our thoughts and our words, those are the easy things, but in our actual behaviors, in the way that we live physically our lives. We ask ourselves, what does God's word want me to do? And then we do our very best to do it. Does he want me to live for myself exclusively? and Just try and squeeze all the pleasure that I can out of this short life? Does he want me to build up my own kingdom and my idea of a kingdom instead of seeking after him and his? Does he want me to spend the first fruits that he has given me through my labors on things which perish? Now the world's common sense, it has an answer for these things. And there's really no overlap with their answer and the church's answer. We should live for number one. That is kind of our American mantra, right? Our personal satisfaction, that's the highest good, the highest thing that we can attain. And their common sense, the world says that if you live first for other people, well, what's going to be left for you, right? But here's the rub. Their sense might, not, might be common, but it is not sense, not if Jesus Christ is God. And he certainly is. But for the sake of argument, here's a couple of if statements. If Jesus is God, you can believe him, and you will not be left empty-handed. If Jesus is God, you can obey him, and you'll be better off than if you didn't. If Jesus is God, you can give generously of yourself to other people, and you'll actually be happier afterward. If Jesus is God, you can give generously of your first fruits to the church, and you will never lack. If Jesus is God, you can confidently follow him and always be sure that he will provide for you. The widow who gave the might in the temple, which Jesus says was all that she had, she was not forgotten by the Lord. And neither will you be. David, King David, never saw the little children of God lacking for bread. Because with God as their father, how could that even be possible? So the myriad of lessons from this miracle today, of the myriad, remember this. When you follow Jesus, he will provide for you sufficiently, freely, and abundantly. In his name, amen.